Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories, an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Uh, so much to talk about. I mean, every single day there is so much to talk about. Uh, who would have thought that actually with normally only sort of one topic in town for the last year that there would be so many topics to talk about on just that issue uh, in terms of COVID and particularly the vaccine rollout. But there's an awful lot more besides including that uh, asylum seekers story going to be talking to the Housing Secretary Robert Jenrick a bit later about uh, tackling rough sleeping. Uh, also, the small matter of a story uh, is inside uh, quite a few of the newspapers, a report from the Care Quality Commission on do not resuscitate orders, DNR orders for not just elderly but also disabled care home residents at the start of the pandemic. A, a scandal that would be on the front page of every single newspaper for weeks on end if it weren't for where we are in other stories. So we are going to talk about a lot of that coming up, uh, but first up, let's talk about the vaccine rollout. And the person to join me for that chat all this morning is Steve N. Allen. Uh, he's a comedian and a former chemist. Good morning to you, Steve. Good morning. I'm um, always good to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, we had the extraordinary situation yesterday where we reached 25 million vaccines rolled out. Pretty much half of the adult population of this country. Certainly we're looking at the best part of 99% of the most vulnerable people. Uh, it's not just over 70s, but over 50s, including myself uh, and uh, and those with under, major underlying health conditions getting the vaccine. An extraordinary achievement, pats on backs all round. Matt Hancock, the health secretary, obviously books a press conference at number 10. So everyone can sort of watch him pretending to praise everyone else, but obviously clearly saying, aren't I great? Don't you love me? Please associate me with good news. He had nothing else to say. Trouble is, about 10 minutes before he went on air, uh, we learnt the news that there had been a letter uh, from the the, the vaccine uh, task force to the NHS saying, don't book any more appointments for anyone under the age of 50 for a, basically a whole month uh, because we've got a shortage of supplies and things went rapidly downhill. Um, have we yet worked out what is going on and why at the beginning of the week we were told, oh, we've got an extra 10 million supplies, not a problem, rolling it out, we're getting ahead of schedule, everything's brilliant. And now suddenly we're told uh, if you're under 50, you can't get a jab. Yeah, at the moment, it doesn't look like the information's there to put all the pieces together. The closest to an excuse was that supplies can be bumpy. And I don't really know what that means. And surely... Lumpy. He blamed... He said the supplies always lumpy. 
that was it. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, uh, all of this about delivery, I, I always go back to how quickly I could get sent something sent to me from the internet. If I bought a toilet seat, it would be here tomorrow. And yet somehow <laughs> the lumpiness of supply of something so crucial as a vaccine is going to cause this kind of a problem. Well, the the I, bit I, I find strange, again, is like 10, 10 million vaccines and now it's down to 5 million. Um, but it, it is a bit bizarre that, you know, I could understand, oh, we might be a few hundred thousand short. But, but what, what happens to mean you're 5 million short? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it feels like there's not enough information to fill in the gaps. It feels like at some point we will find something else, which I know then means I'm walking towards being the conspiracy theorist kind of frame of mind person. But it does feel like there's something missing here that there shouldn't be this kind of impact. To, to get that many people vaccinated without these lumps being a problem, why are we spotting one now? Well, this is, a lot of the focus has been on, of course, the need um, through you know the end of March and April to start doing the second, well, not start, they've already started, more than a million and a half people have had their second doses of uh, their vaccine. But, of course, you're going to get into a massive big rollout that we saw in, in January of the over 70s. Um, and, and they're all coming up for their second jabs pretty soon. And so... Well, clearly that should be the focus. I've actually I had my jab booked last week and had to cancel it. Uh, I've got my jab now tomorrow after the show, um, 52. Um, again, I'm, I would quite happily give up my vaccine if I was allowed to. Someone said they felt they were worried or they needed it. They haven't had COVID or they're dealing with uh, you know health complaints for with other people. They haven't been able to get on the list. You'd happily, I'd happily give you my vaccine because you'd need it more than me. Um, but we're not allowed to do that. Um, but this, but this is the thing. We we are in a situation where um, we have nevertheless vaccinated pretty much everybody who is of high priority and high risk from getting COVID and being either hospitalised, seriously ill from it, enough to be hospitalised, ending up in ICU or dying. Um, and yet we're now in a sort of panic, oh, oh, you know, people in their 40s aren't going to be able to get the vaccine too soon. I mean, although there was always an aim by the end of July, we would vaccinate everyone over the age of 18, well, offer the vaccine to everyone over the age of 18, which is a crucial distinction. Um, the, the, the lockdown was to allow the rollout of the vaccine to prevent unnecessary deaths for people who wouldn't die otherwise. That was the logic given and that was the logic accepted by a lot of people who opposed lockdowns uh, in November but said, no, the vaccine is the game changer, fair enough, for a few weeks. The Prime Minister was very clear. If the NHS isn't going to be overwhelmed, no chance at all of that happening right now. Um, if the vaccine rollout works, working extraordinarily well, a great success for the government, and, and if the vaccine is as effective as they hoped it was, the vaccine, it turns out, in every area, in terms of hospitalisation, death and, and transmission is beyond everyone's wildest dreams in terms of how well it works. Um, on all of those categories, we have more than passed and have done, frankly, quite a few weeks ago. And yet we're still in full lockdown other than children go back to school and being allowed to sit on a sodding bench. Do you not think that, I mean, I know you come from a very different perspective on this issue for, for many different reasons than I do, but do you not think it's untenable now for us not to be unlocking the, our society and our economy? I am still, uh, I was okay with the position of um, doing the release of the lockdown. As annoying as it is to have these five-week gaps, I see the, the benefit, the scientific benefit of being able to measure more of the variables a chunk at a time. So you can get some data where you could actually separate out uh, what the causes of any changes are. Why, why, do, we as... need to, why do we need to know that? If, if people, we've got a lower death rate now than, than the, the most successful uh, Scandinavian countries, for goodness sake. If the vaccine is the game changer and, and the vast majority of people who've had the vaccine have antibodies and won't end up going to hospital at all or, or, or dying, why on earth do we need to lock down to protect them anymore? 
it's the if in that sentence. If the vaccine is the game changer, and but you can is. definitely make sure. But you can definitely make sure it is. But we know it is. We know it is. We can see the death rate plummeting. And we can they, they tested the antibodies in, in the people who've had the vaccine. And it works. So if all of a sudden we find that there's a change in the shape of that graph and there's been a, an uptick in it, it would be really useful to be able to know why. Whereas if you change everything at once, then all you can say is that all of the things we've changed could be a contributing factor. Let's take them all back again. And that would be intolerable to have to go through what would definitely be and feel like a fourth lockdown. Whereas if we would release things in chunks at a time, if and it's a very small if, but it's a very important and life saving mm. if potentially one of those things has to change. It would only be one of them that has to change. The oh, other freedoms wouldn't have to be changed. I, like I love your on, I love your optimism about that. And but also I, I, I really despair at your, your pessimism. The fact when people talk about, well, if cases go up again, we'll have to go into lockdown. Lockdown is a political decision. It is not. It is not an imperative. If pe more people are dying of a, a of a respiratory disease, uh, I, I'm I'm ever so sorry for the people who die, but but we don't have to lock down. We don't we don't lock down when we have flu. When we have taken, as it would appear, we are doing now. We've got I haven't even got excess deaths at the moment. We've got COVID down to the levels of of flu in terms of deaths. We don't lock down every year because of bad flu. And we have jabs for flu. This autumn, we will see deaths go up from COVID. I'll guarantee you that because it's a seasonal endemic virus. And even with the jabs, there'll be people who aren't protected. There'll be people who've had the jabs who, who also still aren't protected because some percentage will not be. And there'll be people who will die because there's a, there's a different strain. Um, but, that, but, but people die from flu every year even though we have the jab, we don't lock down. Why do we think now that that's just the normal reaction to a virus? So that's moved this discussion back to like what is originally your, your yeah. core point. And I understand that, that you are you agree with that and you believe it. I'm not disagreeing with your point, but the, regardless of whether you think we should be locking down based on deaths or whatever other metric, I'm saying the government is going to end up doing some yeah. sort of removing freedoms. And the way to make sure we don't lose all of our freedoms would be to do it in this chunk way. So this is why I, I agree with doing it in the stepped way, because it's measurable. The policy side of it is not even what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think that's the difference in our positions. We could sit here and, and eventually come to a consensus about why we shouldn't be in a lockdown right now, but mm. we'd still be in one. But so your, your be... argument is that this is the way we'll show, oh, it was the schools going back or it was the pubs being open. It was the whatever happening. You're, you're arguing that we'd have, we'd, we'd know what it, what the cause was. Um, that in some way implies that, that actually based on data, we will make different decisions. We know when there's going to be a court case going forward in terms of hospitality that, uh, that is going forward because the government has never provided and even a, a, a common select committee has pointed out in a report this week the government has never provided the actual evidence of why you'd have to close hospitality uh, even when it when it's covid secure or close non-essential retail uh, to cut covid deaths there's never been any evidence for any of this stuff it's all supposition because it's all variables grouped into a big pot yep. of all of these things happened and this thing changed and we're concerned about this thing that changed. Well, this will, by doing it in steps, provide evidence that some industries or each step are definitely guilt free. But, but we already knew that. Place. We opened the pubs and nope. the restaurants 4th of July last year. We didn't see any uptick in cases uh, until uh, mid-September. I mean, there you are. There's your proof. But, Next. 
but you've reduced it down to one variable, whereas the variables are in the same pot. So it's how those variables interact that's the problem. And you can separate it. It's impossible to separate out until you have things that change in steps. And even then, it's, a, it's got to be an absolutely nightmarish scientific job. But again, I'm talking about the, yeah. the but, science but, of but the we, benefit. But we'll right. never know any of it because while you're rolling out a vaccine and, and more and more people are protected by the vaccine, you'll, have, you'll never know whether it's because of the vaccine or because of schools not going back or or, 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 or shops not being open. I mean, you know, because I can't go and buy a card in a card shop, but I can in Waitrose. You'll never, you will never know. I mean, this is this is the thing. Even with the data, we will never know. Let me let me bring you back to the issue here, though, with vaccine shortage. We are told that this shortage of vaccine, which AstraZeneca, by the way, and Pfizer completely deny. So who knows what's going on there? It does appear that it's an Indian manufacturing where we were promised 10 million and we're only going to get 5 million uh, uh, this month. Um that that may be the issue. It's been delayed by four weeks. Um, again, I don't think really a particularly big issue, given that the people we're talking about being jabbed are, are people who are extraordinarily low risk of dying of COVID uh, compared to those who've already been vaccinated at certainly their first days. Um, but there's, a, there's, there's obviously, given that this happened on the same day as Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, threatened to block vaccine exports to the UK unless Europe, and she said, gets its fair share of jabs. Um uh, lots of people, obviously, there was supposition that, that that was that was the cause. That was the reason why we'd had it. But we are in the bizarre situation of of the Euro the European Union countries at the same time as saying we demand more of this AstraZeneca vaccine uh, and we're going to stop you getting any supplies made in Europe. And we're going to confiscate those, even the factories at the same time saying, oh, but we don't think you should hand out this vaccine because we think it's too dangerous for people. Um, it, it's, it's utterly bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, what's I don't understand what's happening over there. It, it feels like they're trying to play both sides of the game, complaining about uh, or, or almost spreading misinformation, spreading fear, which is one of the worst things to do when you need people to try and uh, accept an injection, spreading fear about one of the vaccines. I mean, if things were different, if we were still part of Europe, I guess there'd be a selfish part of us, uh, still part of the EU, there'd be a selfish part that quite likes that bizarre protectionism of making sure they had their fair share of vaccines. But it... It is thoroughly ridiculous. Stop complaining about the vaccines you've got. Yeah. I don't know if I'm just being harsh. On these issues, I do get harsh because obviously, look, my dad had the, yeah. got COVID, died of it. And if he'd got a vaccine sooner, who knows? So anyone who's complaining about vaccines, I do think, you know, just be grateful for the fact that science has given you this. And somehow you're right that they are trying to make sure they get enough vaccines, but turning their nose up at certain vaccines. It's, yeah, it's quite I, bizarre. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, yeah, Pat, Matt, Matt Goodwin, um, uh, is, a, is a press of politics, sent a very interesting tweet summarising the situation. In three months, the EU has gone from stalling on jabs to approving jabs to threatening to override the Brexit deal to get jabs to suggesting jabs are ineffective to saying jabs are OK to banning jabs over unfounded fears to then threatening to block exports of jabs to get more jabs which does tell you quite what a bizarre farce it has been. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.